This is where Montana talks. You're listening to Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right. Oh, yeah. It's it's the next hour. It's the eight o'clock hour Montana time. The governor, Gianforte, is going to come down and join us here. And then that's when the Montana breakfast will kick off. After that, we've got Attorney General Austin Knutson dropping in today as well. And uh, and some other folks, you know, that's that's what part of the fun here is you never know who's going to show up because we put the word out uh, to all these Montana businesses and other folks. Hey, open microphones here at the SHOT Show where anybody. Oh, the lights are on. Oh, look at that. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) we have. I see the light. I see the light. I see the light. The Claymore worked. Okay. (laughs) All right. <laughs> did you ever, you did like a modified ranger school, didn't you, when you I were, because uh, yeah. you're, uh, John Jackson, for those who don't know, is a retired federal law enforcement officer, and, uh, but you actually went through like the, the range, did you go through the full ranger school, or was it like a modified ranger school? It was, it was modified for my agency. Oh, okay, interesting, yeah. yeah. I, I was listening to uh, Cascade County Sheriff uh, Jesse Slaughter, he's got his Pursuit podcast, it's a great podcast, I was listening to that on the on the airplane on the flight down uh, to Vegas uh, yesterday, last last night, and then and then of course tuned in once the New Hampshire results started coming in, started tuning into Fox News just to see what, what all was going there. But but yeah, he was he was talking with uh, a Navy SEAL veteran Tim Sheehy, and Tim Sheehy had talked about how he went through Ranger School as a Navy SEAL because the because the Navy was was you know Navy special warfare was realizing there you know there, there was going to be even more intensive joint operations. So it was, it was kind of interesting. He he was he was comparing how. Uh, like when he went through buds as a Navy SEAL, you wear rank at buds, yeah. and you know. The, so if you're an officer, they can see that shiny gold bar from a mile away, and they'll target you, right? Whereas, like in 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 most military schools, especially in the army, especially infantry training, I, I went through the infantry. You don't wear rank, so you could be a major, or you could be an E two, like and and like Tim Sheehy put it, you could be a pimple faced eighteen year old sitting in Ranger School, but when you're when you're in charge, you're in charge. You're the boss, and it's it's everybody else's job to support you when you're in charge as the leader. Well, they do see. You don't wear rank at Ranger, but they find out. They kind of know. Oh yeah, yeah, if they find out you're an officer, you get free. Yeah. targeted. I mean, <laughs> I saw them do it. Man, you know they always say you know there's guys who went to Ranger School, and then there's guys who have stories about why they didn't go to Ranger <laughs> School. So I'm I'm one of the guys. There's just here's the story. So literally, I I'm like you know because I'm in. Fort Benning, Georgia, and now it's it's named after, of course, a legendary Vietnam veteran that changed the name of, of Fort Benning. But I, I'm down there, and I'm like, hey, guys, you know, I'm in infantry training, and it's like, you have to go to ranger school. Well, back then, they weren't letting National Guard guys go, uh, hardly at all. I guess they're better about it now. And so I'm like, hey, can, can I get a slot? Can I get Because you felt like that's what you had to do, right? Well, and then I also put in a packet to go volunteer straight to Iraq because this was 2005. Our guys were in the fight. I wanted to be in the fight. And so uh, anyway... I'm getting on the helicopter for Iraq from Kuwait. Here's your reservation for Ranger School. All for Pete's sake. There it went. You yeah. couldn't have done that four months ago when I'm sitting in Fort Benning. In LA. Oh, trust me, Aaron. You, you, you missed it. That's a good thing you missed. I know. It, yeah. I, I missed out on all the fun, right? <laughs> you don't want to be there. Uh, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All the fun and games. Um, more to follow. Securing America. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin made his first public appearance since his recent hospitalization Tuesday, remotely addressing a meeting of the multinational Ukraine Defense Group, urging the international community to remain behind Ukraine. If we lose our nerve, if we flinch, 
If we fail to deter other would-be aggressors, we will only invite even more bloodshed and more chaos. However, additional U.S. aid has not been approved by Congress, which National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says has led to a critical juncture in the nearly two-year-old war. The Ukrainians are making some tough decisions on the battlefield about what they're going to shoot and what they're going to save for another day. Pentagon Press Secretary Major General Patrick Ryder also called on Congress to act Tuesday. The sooner that we're able to continue to provide the levels of support that we have, uh, the better not only for Ukraine, but for the international community. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. Serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, things are really going to start getting busy here. Uh, you know, we're one hour behind you. It's uh, 6.13 in the morning here, Vegas time, 7.13 Montana time. And so within the next hour, that's when, when people are really uh, going to start flowing through here uh, at the SHOT Show. So, so let's take advantage of this opportunity. John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter with us. It, unless you stick around for the eight o'clock hour of the show, you guys miss out. You you guys don't get to hear all the fun that we have with uh, with John when he joins us every Tuesday on the program. Uh, so, John, I, I got to watch the New Hampshire coverage live last night. Thankfully, they had you know Fox News on the TVs on the airplane while I was flying down after the Den- Denver leg down to Vegas. So I got to see you know Trump's full remarks last night. Vivek Ramaswamy was there. Tim Scott, uh, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, uh, both of whom had previously been in the race as, as presidential content- contestants there, fully endorsing Trump. There was a funny uh, spot. I don't know if you saw the full remarks, but but Donald Trump was talking about Tim Scott, you know, because Tim Scott is from South Carolina. Yeah. And, and Trump was making the point. He said, you know, Tim. Nikki Haley appointed you to that Senate seat and you come from the same state. And, and then Trump makes some remark, man, he must really hate her. <laughs> and, and then Tim Scott, you know, kind of comes up, walks up next to the president. And he says, he says, no, it's just that I really love you. You know, I, I thought that was a good move by Tim Scott to make the point. I, I don't hate Nikki Haley. It's just, man, D- Donald Trump is the man to fix this country. Well, you see what all of them have done, and that, that's Tim and Vivek and DeSantis, is now when they see they don't have a path to win, it's all about party unity and getting a Republican in the White House. Now, that's the goal for them. But see, also with you know Nikki, the Democrat, Haley, she knows there's no path for her either, but that's not her goal. Her goal is to continue this as long as she can. That's what her and her donors want, is to prevent any kind of unity with all the people that back her. They want those people completely separated from Donald Trump and to never move over and vote for him. Well, it was interesting. We were talking about the the primary election calendar and and South Carolina. You know, it seemed like the way it was being presented in a lot of the national coverage, like, man, South Carolina is like next week. No, we still got a while yet before South Carolina. Donald Trump's up big in the polling in South Carolina. He won by double digits in New Hampshire last night. And I think the major takeaway there is Donald Trump won by double digits in New Hampshire 
despite the fact that the Democrats were pouring in, flooding into the Republican primary to vote against Donald Trump to try to make Trump look bad. And even with all these Democrats going uh, flooding in to vote for Nikki Haley, uh, she still lost by double digits. Well, you know, when my daughter was very little, she played softball and they had a five run rule per inning because particularly with those ages it gets out of control so after five runs you need to give the other side a chance we'll see and that's what's going to happen to nikki haley the further further this goes along she is just going to get embarrassed really badly particularly in her home state did you hear in south carolina that they're saying that trump is up by 30 points in her own home state yeah, and depending on the poll, but it's it's not a surprise because almost everybody in South Carolina, all the leading figures in South Carolina, Tim Scott included, have endorsed Donald J. Trump. Yeah, I, it doesn't surprise me that Nikki Haley uh, is claiming victory, that she is continuing her effort, but she she's not even spending. So we're here in Nevada. We're at Las Vegas. She's not even focusing on Nevada at all. She's already writing Nevada off as lost. She's apparently going to try to put all her chips in the, in the South Carolina basket, but but here's the deal: like I think I think eventually her team's got to see the polling and got to see what's going on and realize like uh, Nikki, if you stay in this thing, the South Carolina, because the the thought is that well she can stay in and and get more attention and build her name and and try to get more support for something down the road. Maybe she could be the vice presidential candidate. I, I don't know. I, no. I have a hard time seeing that one happen. No, ain't going to happen. I have a very hard but, – but or maybe she can just get her name out there for 2028 and make herself you know, likely to be a, you know, a desirable candidate in 2028. But if she loses her own state, which is what she's on the path to do – it's hard to recover from that politically. Where she's at right now. No, this is not about her future career right now, because if it was, what, what she's doing right now is strapping up a suicide vest to herself and running in the synagogue. All right? that, that she is killing her uh, career in Republican politics right now. This is all about she's being bankrolled by Democrats and never Trump people to try and siphon away a permanent little sliver of votes away from Donald Trump. That's what it's all about. As you were talking about how she's putting on this uh, suicide vest on this kamikaze mission towards South Carolina, I was thinking about, you know, and the people that are helping her, you know, attach the molly gear to the vest and, you know, connecting the wires and fitting her with the vest. Yeah, it's Democrat donors oh, yeah. that want to make Trump. Look, look, again, if the liberal media is buttering you up, if the Democrats are attacking your opponent but buttering you up, it's because they're planning to have you for dinner eventually. They're planning to slice and dice you. You are going to be dinner. And, and but, but, but some of these folks, their eagles will just fall for this stuff. Well, and here on Montana Talks, you got people like yourself telling people the truth. Whether you watched Fox News coverage last night, and it's ridiculous. You know the the, hur, 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 you know, the clapping seals <laughs> like Brit Hume and some of these other people. You know, and and, and Brett Meat Sweats Bear out there trying to tell you that. <laughs> like oh, oh Nikki's uh, got a path. It's possible. You know, it's like Jim Carrey. And, are you, so you're saying there's a chance? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Samsonite. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, I like Brad Hume, but, man, he got a little grumpy with Jesse Waters last night because Jesse's just like, oh, it's going to be Trump. It's happening. And Brett's like, wow. I do like, I like Brit and Brett, but, uh, it, yeah, something about Washington insiders that they just don't like Trump. But that's another reason why we like him. Speakers lock.
An emergency bill to avert a government shutdown wasn't all it's cracked up to be. The title of the measure bore one of the more lumpish, incongruous names for a piece of legislation designed to fund the government. Congress named the bill, quote, to amend the permanent electronic duck stamp act of 2013 to allow the secretary of the interior to issue electronic stamps under such act and for other purposes. Why would lawmakers use the waterfowl legislation to temporarily fund the government? Well, you can blame Article 1, Section 7 of the Constitution for this turkey. The Constitution requires that all bills for raising revenue shall originate in the House of Representatives. In other words, any legislation with tax implications must start in the House. Many House Republicans gave this bill the bird. They don't like the fact that this is the third temporary plan to avert a shutdown. That's why 107 House Republicans voted yes on the plan, 106 voted nay. The bill was certainly an ugly duckling. With the Speaker's Lobby, Chad Pergram, Fox News. This is where Montana talks at with Lane Nordland. Input costs continues to impact the profitability of family farmers and ranchers here in Montana. One of those input costs, of course, being fertilizer. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Bilsack says the fertilizer production expansion program is designed to help entrepreneurs pay for projects to improve or expand existing fertilizer production facilities or to create new ones. Secretary Bilsack made these comments at the American Farm Bureau Convention in Salt Lake City. Today, uh, we're announcing seven more projects that will receive up to $50 million to expand access to additional fertilizer that will lower costs. Excited about the opportunities uh, in the Midwest in particular to see this happen. So far, USDA has approved 40 fertilizer production projects. There are more than 50 proposed projects waiting in the wings for funding as well. So there's a tremendous opportunity for us to substantially expand access to fertilizer and lower costs for farmers. U.S. fertilizer imports have averaged nearly $6 billion over the last five years, around 25 million metric tons, accounting for a significant share of total U.S. fertilizer use, according to USDA. The war between Russia and Ukraine also caused a significant increase in fertilizer prices over the past two years as well. I'm Lane Nordland. Have a great day. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, I forget what I was going to talk about now. John, you saw something on Twitter. <laughs> You're like, yeah, look at this one. Look at this one right in the middle of the farm and ranch report. Tell us what, what just caught your eye here. From the Babylon Bee, the funniest people on the Internet, period. Their headline this morning. Biden administration mounts daring mission to evacuate Hunter's remaining cash from Ukraine. <laughs> and it's got the helicopters sling loading a gigantic wad of, of cash as they evacuate Hunter Biden's money out of Ukraine. That's hilarious. What else is catching your eye via Twitter? Because you've, you, you kind of got five or six things that you've been racking and stacking over the past 16 hours or so. What's well, funny, yeah, you, and I, you and I were talking last night in the casino and it's borne out again this morning, just breaking 30 minutes ago, that now this whole amnesty thing that the Democrats and Schumer, along with McConnell and the Rhino Republicans, what they were going to try to wrap together and force down the House's throat, now because they are seeing that the House, along with Mike Jensen, 
the, none of them are breaking on this thing. So now they see it blowing back on them. Now they're starting to fight each other. The whole thing is starting to break down in the Senate between the Senate rhinos themselves. It is delicious. Well, and that's what finally needs to happen because I was hoping they would have squared themselves away over the Christmas holiday break. Uh, that, you know, because, yeah, the, the Senate GOP politics is really interesting because, yeah, you've got some of the squishiest Republicans there. You've got, you know, Mitt Romney you got to deal with and Lisa Murkowski and that nonsense that took place in Alaska. And and so you so you got these trustafarians like Murkowski and Romney uh, that that, you know, that you got to herd these cats. And then McConnell, I think we all can't wait for McConnell to finally be. On. I think McConnell's on his way out. It, it was interesting. In fact, there was the Daily Coast, which is a liberal blog. They were speculating that uh, they they were speculating that hey, if take for example Montana Senator Steve Daines, who endorsed Trump several months ago. In fact, uh, Steve Daines was saying months ago that the rest of these candidates you need they need to unite around Donald Trump. Donald Trump's going to be the nominee. They need to unite around Donald Trump. Now, more are now saying it. More Senate Republicans even are now. In fact, all the Senate Republicans are finally saying it now. Steve Daines was saying this several months ago. They need to unite around Donald Trump. He's going to be the nominee. And I think I think that's because Daines saw exactly where the voters are out there. And, and of course, Donald Trump did so much for Montana. We would not be uh, the red state that we are right now without Donald J. Trump in 2016 and in 2020, frankly. Well, yeah, you've got, what is it, what do we have, 49? I think it's, is it 49 uh, Republicans up there in the Senate? And what people have to understand is you've probably got 35 to 40 of them that are worthless, that are absolute, you know, rhino, big GOP, uniparty system politicians. And a lot of people that you, you truly don't realize it unless, unless you're truly paying attention. you got people like Tom Tillis out of North Carolina, John Cornyn out of Texas. I mean, a senator from Texas is one of the worst GOP uniparty rhinos out there. Well, and, and that so back to that Daily Coast piece, they were speculating, hey, uh, you know, if Senator Daines, as the chairman of the National Republican Senatorial Committee, is able to to win back the Republican Senate majority, which he's working on right now, he, he already was effective in working with President Trump to push Jill Manchin out of the race in West Virginia. So that was an early, you know, considered a victory. And so but think about it, if he, if he crafts a Republican takeover of the Senate, Man, he could very well be the next Senate Majority Leader because I, I think what what that Daily Coast piece tells me and what what other folks are, are, are telling me is I, I think Mitch McConnell is is thankfully finally eyeing the exits and it's got to happen. It's just got to happen. It's time for for you know for this kind of new generation of, of leaders. But but yeah, back to this whole border thing. You're right. It was like okay, so everybody packed up. They left for Christmas. You know, secure the border or, or or none of these no no money for Ukraine. And I, I know the money for Ukraine is still sitting out there. But then they come back and then it's like, oh, another continuing resolution, another continuing resolution. And I think I think the reason probably why that 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 CR passed in such a slim majority is because I think the House has had it. And and I think the senators are, are still having this debate. And so, OK, boys, like. You don't. You ran out of time like six months ago, but get your act together. I think that's why they did the short term, two months more on this spending bill. So a short term bad deal versus a long term bad deal. But yeah, it's uh, how do you defend it? You can't. You cannot. 
Nope. And, you know, they promised us for the last year that they were going to cut spending. They were going to go after the, the Biden agenda, and they did not. They're not going to do it. I'm telling you right now, for the rest of the year, they're not going to do it. Because if there is one thing, you know, the big bipartisanship, that's what you always hear. If there is one thing that is truly bipartisan, Aaron, between the two parties, is their love of spending our tax money. Uh, so you were talking about the southern border, too. Uh, great headline at the dailywire.com. Texas continues to set up razor wire to stop illegal immig- immigration despite SCOTUS ruling. I mean, yeah, we made this point yesterday. They may have said, yeah, the Biden administration can cut the razor wire, but they didn't tell Texas they can't keep putting it right more. back up. <laughs> Put it right back up. More, more razor wire, more, more cowbell, more razor wire. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. You know, we won New Hampshire. Three times now. Three. Three. Donald Trump beats Nikki Haley in New Hampshire's Republican primary by about 11 percentage points. She says no to the idea of dropping out of the race. In the next two months, millions of voters in over 20 states will have their say. We should honor them. Nevada's next, a non-binding primary and then a caucus with Trump on the ballot, not Haley, that will actually be used to determine delegates. Their next real contest is Haley's home state, South Carolina, a month from today. President Biden addresses the United Auto Workers Union today. The White House says President Biden will speak to UAW members at a legislative conference today in Washington. Amid reports, the union's top brass may endorse his 2024 re-election bid. That's Fox's Jeff Manasso. The president won the Democrats' New Hampshire primary as a writing candidate. America's listening to Fox News. All right, let's see. Uh, what else is standing out to you? Oh, he's throwing his headset on. There we go. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. I, I should have turned the microphone off. I did that one time, too. It was like, it was like just threw the headset on the studio. <laughs> Crash in the background. But, man, it's like for a show like this, you got to constantly be researching and seeing what's happening out there. Yeah, so Texas continues to put, put, put razor wire back up. Uh, keep on doing it. Keep on it. In fact, that's, that's very analogous to really what our state legislature uh, and our state agencies should be doing in the face of these liberal courts and these liberal judges. The liberal judge pulls down the razor wire protecting kids from the radical transgender agenda, chopping off body parts. Well, uh, modify your bill, modify your law, modify your agency instructions, and put the razor wire back right back up. Oh, yeah. And if they want to take you back to court, they can take you back to court again, but, 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 but keep forcing it. It's WWDD. Imagine to yourself, what would Democrats do in, in these situations? You already know. You've watched them do it. There's no accepted law with Democrats. They're about their agenda, and they're going to do whatever they want to do. And if they have, like, we made the point on our, our podcast last week. If the, if the court comes down and says, you know, to Democrats, you can't uh, walk up that staircase anymore, well, what they're going to just go do is get a pole vault and pole vault up to the top of they're the like stairs. They're like kids. And they told like, us we couldn't we couldn't walk, right. so we didn't we walk. Why walk up the stairs? So <laughs> well, and see, that's exactly what Republicans need to be doing: is just do it another way and keep on driving down the road. Yeah. Oh man, look at this, man. These guys oh. are incredible. Fresh coffee delivered. Oh, Good God. night. Good the night. Man. Fresh coffee delivered. We're just going to drop that out there a few different times here. Uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, oh, man. Oh, I know the other thought I was thinking. So, again, going back to the New Hampshire and, and Trump's double-digit victory in New Hampshire, you know, his historic victory in the Iowa caucuses. He's won New Hampshire's first-in-the-nation primary three times now. Uh, he's won New Hampshire. But 
you think about this, this and Trump made this point in his remarks last night. So the governor of Iowa, Kim Reynolds, who, you know, as I understand, is a great governor, but unfortunately she backed uh, Nikki Haley or no, she backed Ron DeSantis in Iowa. Now DeSantis came in second there. Uh, but, you know, the governor of the state of Iowa couldn't turn the tide away from Donald Trump. The governor of New Hampshire, Sununu, endorsed Haley, couldn't turn the tide against Donald J. Trump. So here you go. Donald Trump defeated two governors in their own states, and now he's set to defeat another governor in her own state. There's nothing, you know, a message to all the rhinos out there. There's nothing you can do to stop us. And by us, I mean Trump and MAGA. You know why? Because we own 70% of the party's base. We own you. You can't, you can't stop us. Get on or get run over. Uh, it reminds me of a guy I saw at the Billings Airport yesterday. He had his Trump train ball cap on. So, uh, uh, yep, Trump train. Get on board. Or get run over. Get on board. All right. Uh, more to follow. John Jackson, the Joker, from Twitter with us here for the rest of the week with our live coverage from the SHOT Show in Las Vegas. This is the Montana Economic Minute. Winter brings cold. We learned that January 13th, of course, when Mother Nature finally brought winter's wrath to most of the state in the form of a cold snap that took temperatures well into negative territory. The news that this produced a record load for Northwestern Energy's electric grid was perhaps unsurprising, given the impact of cold temperature on energy use of all kinds. But the strain was magnified by a phenomenon seen in other cold snaps, the disappearance of wind's contribution to meeting load. For a two-and-a-half-day period centered over the weekend, the wind and northwestern system that adds 454 megawatts of capacity to the company's overall portfolio actually produced a tiny fraction of that amount. It's not the first time that severe cold has stilled wind generators. Over the last 10 years of peak days of power demand, wind generation in Montana delivered just 10% of the rated capacity on average during the peak hour. I'm Patrick Barthi. Brought to you by the University of Montana Bureau of Business and Economic Research. This is where Montana talks. Jumping right back into the business news, Evelyn Pyburn with the Big Sky Business Journal. Always a pleasure. Yellowstone County is so fortunate to have not just one of these refineries in the county, but three. And if you looked at tax revenues and and employment, who's employing uh, hundreds of people, thousands, it, it's our refineries, and, and this uh, refinery is, is a huge pillar to our economy. As far as the future goes, the uh, gentleman from Canada who's looking at building a refinery is someplace in western U.S., I guess, including one of the locations is in Wyoming that they're looking at. But he said that we're not going to abandon fossil fuels for at least another 50 years. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's see. I, I want to play uh, a soundbite here. Joe Concha was on Fox and Friends first earlier this morning talking about the New Hampshire primary. I totally forgot the point he even made, but that's all right. We got the soundbite, so I'll, I'll hear it. You'll hear it. John will hear it. We'll get reaction and more. I, I got to get into our, our app messages here. I, I forgot we were... 
we were talking off air about um, our our friends Tim and Billings and Tim and Savage and some of our great listeners out there. So uh, Tim and Billings messaged us on the app earlier. He says, ask John why in the world he decided on a salad last night. Apparently he saw your tweet. You had a salad for dinner yesterday. In the immortal words of Homer Simpson, you can't make friends with salad. <laughs> uh, Tim, I have to watch the girlish figure here. You know, I got the temple going on here. Nothing can sully the temple. Right. Uh, well, then <laughs> when I read his tweet, we were off air. But I, you know, the Tom Hanks, uh, a league of their own. There's no crying in baseball. And I was like, you don't need a salad at this shot show. <laughs> Who eats a salad at the shot show? But as long as there was like beef or chicken or some kind of protein, in salmon, there, it's salmon. okay. Sa okay, yeah. I'll go with that. Because actually, salmon's a little more affordable down here. So like, so yeah, like man, because you were telling me what like the the triple burger at Fat Burger was like twenty six dollars if you want oh. the triple burger at Fat Burger. They've got it here in the Venetian. They have their food court. You walk in there, that's, that Fat Burger chain, which I think is is famous, is out of California. I think so. And you look in there, the triple burger. Twenty six, twenty seven dollars. Insane. Well, that's why I'm glad I'm I'm still doing my diet tune up with Billings last diet. So it's great. I literally I got a bag full of snacks over here. I got I got my they're like these. Uh, they're kind of like Rice Krispie treats, but it's a protein bar. Think about it like that. Mm. So uh, so that's good because, man, it's like even if we wanted to go get a triple fat burger right now, it's way down the hall. We aren't getting that in the short breaks that we got here on the radio. Uh, let's see. We had some other messages that came in here. Uh, let's see. Carrie in Billings. Oh, uh, yeah. Carrie in Billings commenting on a story that I shared on our website uh, yesterday. I don't know if you saw this one yet. Uh, Carrie says this. Hi, Aaron. I enjoy your show. I wanted to comment on your veteran story from yesterday. I work with veterans every day. As far as the local VA clinics that provide health care, there are good people working there that have a calling to work and care for veterans. It's more than a job. We are only able to work among the confines of federal law and policy. Uh, VA is comprised of health care, benefits, and cemetery. That story is heartbreaking. Thanks for getting the information out there. So here's the story. The first special service force is legendary. They trained at Fort Harrison, Montana. It was a joint U.S.-Canadian force. They trained in secret for World War II. The Black Devils, that's what the Germans called them because they smoked the Nazis left and right, right? And so so legendary force. If you talk with, with Navy SEALs and Green Berets, they will trace their lineage back to the first special service force that trained in Helena, Montana, along with the OSS, the Office of Strategic Services, which is where the CIA typically traces their lineage back to. So, so Green Berets and Navy SEALs would, would trace their roots and their lineage back to, to both of those elements, right? So legendary veterans, right, the first special service force. Um, I'm an associate member of the Devil's Brigade chapter of the Special Forces Association. A few, a few days ago, I get word from these guys, hey, uh, one, of their, one of their folks was walking through the cemetery and the grave markers for these first special service force veterans used to have a tiny little medallion, a marker for, for the, you know, for the first special service force. Somebody removed these medallions. So they're thinking, man, did somebody come vandalize the grave sites of these veterans at this cemetery here? No. Some jack wagon with the VA went and physically removed these things. And they're citing some bureaucratic policy. And, and it sounds like they're twisting the policy 
it's not it's not it doesn't say what they say it says, but they're twisting it to say, well, we had to remove these medallions and blah, blah, blah. And and so I made the comment on this story. Senator Steve Daines fired off a letter to VA Secretary Dennis McDonough. But I, I made a comment in the story where I'm like, I'm like, wow. So so you got somebody at the VA that apparently they're not busy enough processing claims for illegal aliens. Apparently they're not busy enough to go or, or apparently they got enough time on their hands to process claims for illegal aliens. Apparently they got enough time on their hands to to you know to where they're not helping the great men and women that work in our, our local healthcare clinics. So apparently some jackwagon at the VA has so much time on his hands that he can go out and remove these honorary medallions from the grave markers of the first special service force. What what kind of twisted sick person would even would even get it in their head that we have to go out and desecrate a grave of anyone much less an honored veteran? For some kind of policy that they have just come up with recently. That that thing is done. It is there honoring that person who's resting there. Do not touch it. Leave it alone. What it's is the just, matter with you people? It's like seriously priorities. Like what bureaucrat? It, and anyway, and so, yeah, we, I've got the full story on our Montana Talks website. Obviously, Carrie saw it there. Maybe got uh, the alert on our, our smartphone app. But, uh, yeah, it's just outrageous. I mean, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot is, uh, you know, that, that's how you could sum up, I think, the, the, the letter that, that, uh, that Senator Daines sent to the VA secretary and how they're twisting some bureaucratic regulation that had never been twisted in this way before, but now is being twisted to, to take away something that is honoring a legendary World War II fighting force. I, it's like, wow, you guys got all the time in the world. You can't secure the, you won't secure the southern border. You're using VA resources to process uh, claims for illegal aliens. Meanwhile, you're not process, processing claims in a timely manner for actual veterans in the VA system. We got, we got nurses and doctors that, that are being overwhelmed that do a great job working in these local VA clinics in Montana. But, but you got all the time in the world to go out and strip the medallions off these grave markers. 20 years ago, Aaron. Anybody that would have conducted this type of activity against a veteran grave, anybody who did it, anybody who approved it, would already be uh, you know, serving out the rest of their time above the Arctic Circle. I mean, you, you would get crushed and told to put that stuff back, and now you are transferred, done, your career is over. Today, the guy, the guy probably get a medal himself for doing it. It's, it's absolutely nuts. Now, here, here's I, I, somebody needs to jump on this very fast here, uh, but but uh, but seriously, just uh, this, this is happening under the Biden administration once again. Another slap in the face to the veterans, and uh, you know it's like uh, it's just pathetic. It, here's the other thing: uh, I, I wonder is is General Quinn, who is the head of cemeteries for the VA. Uh, right now, I, I should go look his look up his actual title if he's still in that role. But John Tester got him into that role because he was the adjutant general under former Democrat Governor Steve Bullock. And so then they get him a job in the Biden VA overseeing all cemeteries across the country. And so uh, was he aware of this? Um, if he wasn't, hopefully he quickly you know rectifies the situation. If he was aware, it's like. Seriously, a Montana guy, but but anyway, I, I hope it's the I hope it's the latter that 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 some bureaucrat mid level somewhere pulled this nonsense, and uh, and now it's getting on the radar. Anyway, well, you think that's going to get covered at all by the Montana media? 
I mean, right there in Helena, the Helena media or the Montana media at all, are they going to point this out, this desecration of veterans' graves? I would uh, take a gamble against that. I would, well, I wouldn't be surprised if they eventually cover it. But you know when they'll wait to cover it? See, John Tester, who's, a res- who's responsible for the failures uh, in the VA, who the problems have gotten worse since John Tester took over the gavel as chairman of the VA committee in the Senate, Finally, he'll come around and say, oh, I'm going to do something to fix this. Oh, yippee, skippy, zippy. You know. Well, hold on. I'm going to hold up my hand with my three fingers, miss. And I'm going to fix. Well, I, hold on. I, well, I got my meat here. Hold on. Let me, let me pull, push this meat out of the way. You see my fingers right I'm going to fix this thing right here. That a guy that I put in there caused, I'm going to fix this yeah, thing. See, see, they won't cover the story about these heroes until they have an opportunity to spin the story to make John Tester look like a of hero. Yeah. That's when the Helena media will cover it. That's when they will cover it. You just watch. You just watch. But here's the deal. If the guy actually was a hero for our veterans, this type of bull Adam Schiff wouldn't be happening. Nope. Repeatedly under his administration, under his buddy Joe Biden's watch, and it is, and it continues, and it's a slap in the face to this entire country. We, we were talking a minute ago about the, the Senate and, and, and Steve Gaines, and that's what everybody has to understand is coming up here, the control of the Senate runs through West Virginia and Montana. Those two are the focal points of all the money and all the attention this year to see who is going to control it next time. Yeah, that's right. And and I think I, I think just like you know, this is my personal opinion. I know some folks might disagree, but just like I think I think Senator Gaines is right to say, hey, Republicans got to unite behind the nominee. It's time to tar- start taking the fight to Joe Biden. I, I I think the same thing is with the United States Senate. Uh, you know, frankly, if you weren't in this race six months ago then are you really in this race to win it? And so uh, so Republicans got to unite. But just like the Democrats are interfering in the primary in New Hampshire to, to benefit Nikki Haley, the Democrats are trying to interfere in the Republican potential primary here in Montana as well. That's why they're pumping all this money uh, out there in ads, a million dollars a week, I've been told, already. Fox News commentary. The Black National Anthem will be performed at this year's Super Bowl because the NFL is fully committed to woke. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. I'm Dana Perino, co-host of The Five and co-anchor of America's Newsroom. Join me for my brand new podcast, Perino on Politics. Listeners of Everything Will Be Okay will gravitate toward this podcast, too. Every Monday, I'm going to talk to people I trust in politics as they tell me what they're seeing and thinking in the 2024 election cycle. As they prep me to cover the upcoming election, they'll prep you, the voters, too. Make sure you subscribe to this series on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts and leave a rating and review. The Star-Spangled Banner is our national anthem. It represents all of us, regardless of race, religion, gender, or identity. But due to the fact that the NFL has committed itself to woke ever since the days of crying Colin Kaepernick, the Black National Anthem will also be performed at this year's upcoming Super Bowl. The anthem, titled Lift Every Voice and Sing, will be performed by Andra Day, while the National Anthem will be performed by Reba and Post Malone. There's nothing wrong with Lift Every Voice and Sing. It's a great song, and I'm sure Andra Day will do a lovely job. Rather, it's the message that having two separate and race-segregated anthems sends to fans, players, and viewers. The USA is one nation, and we have one anthem that should unite us all. Why the NFL wants to continue to drive this race wedge is beyond me. Sports are for everyone, and they should be allowed to bring us together if only woke would get out of the way. I'm Tommy Laren, and you can watch my show, Tommy Laren is fearless at outkick.com. 
Coming up for the rest of the week right here with Montana Talks. We're going to take you statewide. We're taking you to Las Vegas for the SHOT Show, the world's biggest gun show. There's a ton of Montana businesses that are going to be down there. The governor's going to be down there. The attorney general is going to be down there. Plus, it's kind of a who's who of the military, law enforcement, veterans, you name it, politics. So it's always great to see who we run into, who we get a chance to talk with on Montana Talks. Montana Talks live from the SHOT Show statewide, 9 to 10. the store closest to you. All pets are unique. Your pets results can and will vary. As it can data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. Taking your calls live. 406-294-097. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right. Well, Montana Governor Greg Gianforte just uh, rolling into the shot show here this morning. He's got the governor's breakfast with all these Montana businesses coming up here uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, Governor, great to see you once again at the Aaron, shot good show to, here. Good to be with you. You know, hey, and it's it's great. I mean, we have over two dozen Montana manufacturers here, and I'm so proud of them. And I just wanted to wish them well we're also bringing some prospects in you know this is such an important industry for montana we've got over 150 firearms and ammunition manufacturers in the state of montana that's more per capita than any other state in the country this is a significant industry and what's great about it is it it creates good jobs and it protects our way of life well, you know, it's kind of fun. So we, we've got our big badges on for our, our SHOT Show badges so to get in and out of here because it's such a, a big a show. And I've got my Skinner Sights uh, out of St. Ignatius, Montana badge uh, holder here. You've got your Mystery Ranch, great backpacks in, in Bozeman, Montana. But that's really part of the fun of coming here is getting the chance to see all these Montana businesses and then all the other gun and outdoor gear folks kind of all in one spot. There's so much innovation. I mean, I was so uh, so impressed when I walked the floor. These advanced optics, the the this this new Olympus arms in Helena with the recoiling barrel that uh, makes a takes a mule kick and turns it into a shoulder kiss. You know, it's just in- incredible what you can see. I had dinner last night with uh, Andy uh, Monsoor, the CEO of Brickstell Defense. They they're investing 125 million dollars in Glendive, and I got good news last night. He had a job fair there in Glendive with the chamber looking to hire some folks in two hours he got 65 applicants for work so the firearms industry is important for defending our second amendment uh, but just as importantly it's creating jobs in our community it's going to allow our kids and grandkids to have a have you know pursue the American dream right here in Montana there's uh, several other governors that are going to be here later today for a governor's panel a discussion and a lot of governors, they'll come down here to try to work some deals, to try to broker some deals. And then they want to leave the SHOT Show with some big announcements. You're rolling into the SHOT Show after these major announcements with Brixel Defense and Glendive and Olympus Arms in Helena, Montana. What, what do you got in the works right oh, now? Oh, there's more. We, I, I just want to give a shout out to the Department of Commerce. We, we created a business attraction function. Uh, we put a sales guy in California, we put one in Colorado and one in the Midwest, and we look for people in the firearms industry who knock on the door in those states and say, you want to move back to America? <laughs> I was going to say, who drew the short straw and had to live in California? It's like, ah, let's send that guy off to California. And you know what? Uh, you know, we've got a number of things in Montana to make sure we protect 
not only our Second Amendment, but the rights of the citizens. Uh, in the last legislature, we outlawed banking discrimination against firearms industries. There are some, some people that want to use ESG wokeness to discriminate. And we say that's not going to fly in Montana. And then we also, uh, you know, would not let the ESG stuff creep into our investments. So we directed the Board of Investments in Montana to pull back $26 billion of pension funds and state resources from these third-party money managers and said, listen, uh, move this stuff into index funds, which gives it a good performance, and we're going to vote our own proxies. We're not going to let you, East Coast, West Coast, uh, implement your political agenda with our resources. So we, we ended that in Montana. Yeah, and that, that shows where, you know, you, you have billions of dollars in, in investments that can now, let, let's flex that muscle to, to allow for more freedom in America to stop this woke nonsense because they're trying to use this woke nonsense to go after gun and outdoor gear companies and more. Yeah, I don't want some 25-year-old sitting in some high-rise in New York or San Francisco leveraging Montanans' hardworking pensions for their political agenda. That's what ESG is all about. And we pulled back that, those resources at the Board of Investments uh, to make sure we're voting the, those shares in a way that pursues financial return so people's retirements are more secure and not anybody's political agenda. All right, well, we got to hit our Fox News update here at the top of the hour. Uh, I'm going to, since I know the governor's on a short timeline this morning, I'm going to see if I, we can keep uh, recording a conversation. We'll have uh, John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, throw in a question as well. And uh, and then we'll share that with you later in the morning. But I want to take advantage of every uh, minute that we've got here with the governor because uh, he's going to be in high demand here because he's a real, real deal gun guy, real deal outdoors guy. So there's a lot of folks that want to uh, catch 